Hello, and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. This is a special podcast that we're bringing you. We're not on the radio this week, the week of August 10th, and that's because WBAI is doing some fundraising. Speaking of which, if you go to give to WBAI.org, it's give to the number two WBAI.org and search Katie Halper, you'll see some great ways that you can donate to WBAI so that we stay on the station, so that the station stays around, and you'll get some great thank you gifts. And one of those thank you gifts is a Katie Halper Show Greatest Hits CD or file, and it includes interviews with Freddie DeBoer, Carl Bayer, Amberly Frost. Chapo, Trap House, Carl Diggler, and more. You can listen to the Katie Helper Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on WBAI. That's 99.5 FM or WBAI.org. And also follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes and subscribe. So this podcast special brings you two really great conversations that I had. One with Benjamin Dixon, the host of the Benjamin Dixon Show, while we were both in Philadelphia for the DNC. And another one is with Jimmy Dore, the host of the Jimmy Dore Show, very funny comedian, very smart guy, uh, that we had after the DNC. And you're going to see that my opinion on Hillary Clinton and who to support and how to support that person and who to vote for changes a little bit. And we will see you next week live on the radio. And I'll be joined, of course, by Gabe Pacheco. If you want to introduce me to your audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Duh. Okay. So, and this is Ben Dixon of the Benjamin, Benjamin Dixon, Dixon Show. show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube. YouTube. And, and also uh, on. Internet radio, iTunes, anywhere you can get a podcast, right. et cetera, et cetera. So, it basically, we're two broadcasters, and we're going to have a conversation. Right. And Progressive Army. Progressive, progressive Army. Yeah. Com. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I almost forgot my oh, whole yeah, thing. Um, so and we're, what are you on Twitter, by the way? You're, uh, the BPD Show. The BPD Twitter. Show. And, and I'm. KT helps, as in letter K, letter T, H A L P S. Yes, and so if you want to get some really good um, um, conversation as well as clapbacks, yes. see either one of us. I yeah. think. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Katie, we are here. Uh, we are in Philly for the Democratic National Convention, et cetera, et cetera. Where do we start? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question, right? <laughs> like literally and metaphorically, right? Well, I, I have a question for you. Is that okay? okay? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Let's um, go for it. What do you think is, what are your thoughts on what to do next and what is to be done and where we're going and what are your thoughts on, on the November election? So I actually don't have any thoughts on the November. November's dead to me. Really? <laughs> you know, okay. I'll be honest with you. Explain. Um, I, I honestly don't want, um, I would do just about anything to keep Donald Trump from becoming president except for full out supporting Hillary Clinton. I can't really full out support her because I just disagree with her on so much. If she wins I, uh, in a competition against Donald Trump, I won't be upset. You know, I don't want it to be Trump, but I just have so many things that I disagree with Hillary Clinton on. I can't find myself supporting or endorsing her. And where do you live? I live in, uh, so I can vote my conscience. I live right. in Massachusetts. Right. Okay. Right. So, so I, I am privileged in, right. in that I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to vote. I can vote for. Uh, I don't have to vote at all for right. that matter. So, we're, and you're in New York. New so. York. So I'm burning or bust in a safe state. Is yeah. how I like to say it. Yeah. Um, but I would, in a swing state, begrudgingly vote for Hillary. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? I don't know. It'd yeah. take too. It, I feel like it would take a little bit of. And, and listen, I'm. I'm not one of those people who thinks Hillary Clinton is the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think that she is the worst human being in the world. I do think that it's very difficult for me to support her, all things particularly. Let's forget about everything else that happened before the DNC leaks. Even just the DNC leaks is enough for me to say I can't support the Democratic Party. 
Um, and so they have a reckoning to uh, they have a, a, a reckoning they have to deal with. Um, they ha if they want any support from progressives in the future, they're going to have to address this in a very significant way. Not this uh, token um, apology from Donna Brazil. You know, the only way to really address this is to clean house top to bottom. And they're not going to do that. Well, what did they do? So Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepped down, right? Mm -hmm. And then what did Hillary do? She named her like honorary chair? Honorary chair of some bullshit title, but doesn't really mean anything in terms of career. Okay, right. But it means everything in terms of you fully don't get it, Hillary Yeah, Clinton. I mean, literally, this is what I keep saying on Twitter. Like, I, as a Bernie bro, um, have way better PR ideas and outreach <laughs> ideas than the Hillary people who are basically... Hillary enablers, Clinton, mm -hmm. I like to call them yeah. Clinton enablers, right? Yeah. And I keep thinking this parallel. I mean, my point is like, it's not rocket science. You don't name the person who right. is associated with scandal and institutionalized bias. You don't give her a position, symbolic or not. On the like, same exact day that she steps down yeah, what are you for saying? doing What's exactly what we knew she was doing, right? It's, it's to me, a spitting in our faces. I think so too. And here's the thing. This is the irony again. Like, I actually really want Trump to be defeated. When I say that Hillary shouldn't do this and shouldn't be spitting in our faces, it's not a pride thing. I think she's alienating potential supporters. I think this is a horrible, horrible strategy. I just think it's a bad elect, bad political organizing. I mean, I do want Trump defeated, but I also, and I agree with you, it is horrible PR. It's, to, it's being tone deaf. Totally I, tone deaf. But I think it's arrogance on her part. I think yeah. I, it, I don't think she gets this far without being smart enough to know that something like this is going to piss off an entire block of right. people. And but so it, because of that, I feel like she's just, you know, kind of on issue on the progressive movement. But if it's arrogance... I'm sorry, this is oh. your own... This is Yeah, gonna I, on, I'm going to beep it. Or let's, yeah, if, if possible. Yeah, I will, we'll bleep it. So it, if it's arrogance, it's either hubris that's, mm -hmm. like, not actually going to help her, mm -hmm. or it's knowing something we don't know, which is that her victory is more inevitable than we think. I keep thinking, though, about... How, how much this reminds me of Israel, which sounds mm. like weird, but I always say, um, or hawkishness in general, right? Okay. You have the USA, USA, USA uh, patriots, right? Who, yeah. who are like, um, let's invade Iraq, America, love uh, yeah. it or leave it, these colors don't bleed, right? And then they support policies that are actually pretty bad for yeah. people who are nationalists yeah. and don't care about the rest of the world. Like, put aside all the people killed in Iraq and mm -hmm. all the, the stuff that's done there. It's just not good for U.S. safety, security, right. right, our economy. Yeah. With Israel, too, the hawks. Israel is, for, you know, that's Israel great. can never be wrong. Like, Israel, by definition, always does the right thing. These people are endangering the state of Israel. Yes. I don't care. Like, my thing as a secular lefty Jew is kind of like, I have to talk about this because I think it's atrocious and it's, so not a good look. And also, mm -hmm. I don't want APAC to be the voice of all Jews. Right. But like, I care more about Palestinian human rights than I do, honestly, about the state of Israel existing. I'm kind of like a Chomskyan. Mm. I could do two state or one state. But again, it's like people like me and you, the ones who are want uh, Israel to not be as hawkish, we're so much, that's such such a better policy for Israel. Like, yes. if they listen to people like us, and this isn't a pride thing, everyone thinks it's ego, I don't care. If they listen to people like us, all the people who are more dovish than enabling and hawkish, Israel would have a much easier time yeah. existing. Absolutely. It reminds me of a um, of my the, my doctoral program, and um, 
in international development we have a focus on international relations and we um, go between the differences between neoliberalism not in the Amer in the, in the american economic sense but in the global um uh, international relations sense neoliberalism and realism and people going into the program always came in with this perception that realism means that you have this sober view of the world and we're going to have conflict and so ultimately we're going to do the most aggressive thing possible and we're going to blow stuff up right and 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 i had to i had to really break this down to a lot of my colleagues that the more stuff we blow up the more we undermine our power position in the international community therefore we are doing something detrimental to us it's exactly yeah exactly it's what even if you about. don't care like that's the irony I, we care about human rights, right? right? There are certain things like we're not we're they, not nationalists. They or, can do it in a self-interest. Exactly, exactly. That's what kills me. And the same thing with Hillary. It's like, I have better strategies for you and I'm less invested in Hillary yes. than you do. So it's it's self-destructive. It's, it's like in an unhealthy thing and they enable each other. Do you think it is that much just hubris on the part of I Hillary Clinton? I think it's Clinton? hubris. It's not it, honestly... I was saying this the other day, like, thank God for her supporters because they make her, for her own sake, they make her look better. Because mm. the DN thank God for the DNC and some of her worst supporters. Because watching the DNC platform committee yeah. was like, oh, she, like you said, she's not a devil. She right. is basically right. a symbol and product and byproduct of, of the DNC and everything that's wrong with the DNC. Yeah. There are two things that happened I thought were really sim symbolic of the problem. One is that there was a, a, a Clinton delegate Facebook living some delegate meeting on Monday night. So for those of you wondering what's happening, the DNC delegates opening party, all the Bernie delegates are pretty uh, direct about their support for Bernie still. And there are these people chanting Bernie and chanting various things and um, and implying that they don't they don't support Hillary, right? And they right. try to get the roll call thing or whatever right. they're doing, which is it's going to basically a way to see if Bernie can. Get the, get the nomination right, out yeah. of yeah yeah and he's doing that mostly i think to con because he he does support Hil he wants hillary in office right. and he's doing that despite the f do you know how vengeful i would have been if i were him i'm sorry <laughs> after being crapped all over but no, absolutely. um so the ego stuff they need to really shut up about that but um this this guy on facebook live a delegate was saying oh these bernie supporters are really insistent they're not this is supposed to be a night of unity and mind you this is after they drank all the liquor of Hillary, all Hillary Clinton and the DNC's liquor. And they're, you know, it's only when they ran out of the open bar that they started doing this. Mind you, the truth is the Bernie delegates have spent all night drinking the party and Hillary's alcohol and eating our food. So now that they're nice and tipsy, actually, this only happened, this only happened when the open bar closed and everyone had to leave. That's when everyone decided to get angry. Literally, literally, right after he says that, they're chanting TPP no. TPP no. Because whenever I get my buzz on, that's when I start talking about international trade policy, right? But that's such a great metaphor for how out of touch they are. Right. Like, And right. now out of touch they are again. I don't care if you think we're a bunch of freeloaders right. and you think we're uncouth and uncivilized and self-indulgent privileged. Don't tell us that if you want our vote. Yeah, ex that's exact. Thing. Okay, I got it. I have to keep reminding myself. Now you can that This is going to be oh. on regular radio right. versus internet radio. Right. But um, you're damn right. This is yeah. that is so spot on. Like, do you even have enough um, self awareness and enough uh, to borrow from George Bush uh, strategy right. to realize you cannot 
misunderestimate us. Misunderestimate how personal we we would take this. Right. Right. And and we're human. We have every right, right. to take this personally. You cannot spit in my face right. and then say, but you're supposed to support me. Right. No, it doesn't work right. like that. And honestly to me, and not to sound like holier than thou to you or to any listeners who are burning our bus, mm-hmm. but for me it's like it drives me crazy, but then I'm like, wait a second. I'm someone who's gonna already in who in the swing state would vote for Hillary. Like you don't have to worry about me. That I'm in a safe me. state. I never really, because I, I hear you on Twitter. And, and I know, it's funny. You, you have a really solid critique of Hillary Clinton. I do, but I really think that, um, but oh, let me just start. Yeah, let me finish, finish thought. up that thought, mm-hmm. thought, which is that I'm really, again, it's like, I'm trying to connect you out of touch Hillary people to the Bernie or bus people because mm-hmm. you would rather crap on them than get their votes. Right. You honestly, this is another metaphor about this. Um, I heard on Democracy Now! there was a, Bernie delegate, I think, saying something about the TPP, and some Hillary person goes, you're being a brat. Stop it. You're not working with us. No. What's bratty and shooting yourself in the foot and and pride and hubris is telling someone who's complaining about a trade policy that is going to hurt the entire world, and it's like almost a self-parody of a trade Mm -hmm. policy. It's like literally making it impossible to access life-saving medicine, Mm -hmm. poisoning our food. I mean, beyond all the the normal stuff, outsourcing jobs, race to the bottom, it's like, it's almost like a lefty's parody of what the trade agreements are, but that's bratty. You're the one who's being self-indulgent. You need these people's votes. Sorry, you do. Get used to it. I know you're in this entitled like bubble of of insulated hubris and privilege but so again it, it's it's obs- it's an obscene um it's very obscene to see them behaving in manners that they accuse us of um and a mannerism that is detrimental to their own policy right. for the people like me who at the end of the day the last person um i well two there's actually two people uh that i would never want to see in the white house and that is ted cruz thankfully he's no longer up and then donald trump of course i don't want donald trump to be in the white house i mean for many many reasons on top of the white supremacy and nationalism that he courts on a regular basis right um but to see them having and i saw it in the actual convention last night i actually got into an exchange of words with the guy who was insulting bernie sanders why he's speaking positively about hillary Clinton. I'm like, you what ungrateful prick. Yes. Shut up and accept the fact they are the sorest winners I have seen I in my life. They, and to me, that shows a level of immaturity. It shows a level of disingenuousness. And, and, and also, I think it shows a level of just uh, emptiness. And, oh, yeah. and it's like, it, it's, a, it's all a, a game to what them. What are you so invested in that you're ignoring your own self-interest? Interest. That's the thing. I, think just, I mean, some. What are you so interested in that you are ignore yourself yeah. so vested and, in? Yeah, exactly. That you're going to ignore your own self interest. Right. So let's go back to the thing that, sure. that catches me right. off guard. You, well, because would vote for Hillary. I would because, as you said, you know, you would hate seeing Trump in office. You would mm-hmm. hate seeing Cruz in office, right? There are a couple of reasons I vote for her. I do think that, and I was saying this before, but I, as someone whose uncle is an award-winning, lifetime achievement award winner from the Communist Party USA, <laughs> um, and he has a very historical, grounded, uh, you know, critique. He's in the '70s. He used to be a salt for the United Auto Workers. He was in the party. He left the party. He rejoined it. There's a difference between them, and I think that the real mm-hmm. thing is that no one on the left that I know really is an accelerationist. No one really thinks it doesn't get better until it gets worse. And I think history does kind of bear that out, especially in the United States. Like, we can organize. The danger is, right, like what we saw with Obama and 
Yes. You know, uh, Thomas Frank talks about this, that the opposition ceases to oppose. Or yes. he says also, he quotes someone who was a DNC insider, I can't remember who, who said sometimes it takes a Democrat to, like, slash funding for things, yeah, right? absolutely. Bill Clinton got NAFTA through in a way that a Republican couldn't have, Could right? Absolutely. So there is definitely that, that that's the strongest, to me, argument uh, uh, to not support, to not prioritize defeating Trump. But I do think that what we see, and this is a unique opportunity, is that you have Bernie Sanders, who showed the world that a more progressive um, less corrupt, less elite-based, um, uh, elite-indebted candidate could do really well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a Ralph Nader person who I don't think actually has the kind of strategy or the outreach or, you know. Um, but they all, he also showed us how closed off to progressives the DNC is. And I'm someone, again, who raised by lefties always knew the DNC was corrupt. I think somewhere in the back of my mind, as naive as this is, maybe wishful thinking, I always kind of thought that if a real progressive an insurgent candidate, you know, came out and was doing really well, that the DNC would embrace that person. They're crapping all over this guy who was way more, in my opinion, electable vis-a-vis Trump. Yeah. Like, you want to tap into angry white male resentment that will never go to Hillary, Yeah, that's going to Trump, you put in Bernie, not Hillary. Um, And so I think that that will make us much more inclined to hold Hillary's feet to the fire because mm-hmm. I think we saw this other vision yeah. and this other possibility and it's not as easy to, to then think this is because with Obama it really was like well we voted for the more progressive of the two options we didn't vote for the more progressive of the two options right we, we as the in the, right yeah. right so we didn't even have this alternative that we saw that could kind of remind us of what we could ask of Obama with Hillary I think we do have this thing with 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 yeah. Bernie, opening and up, expanding our kind of expectations. I think, I think you hit on something very important there. So um, think about where we've come from. Think about eight years ago, we were, we would do anything we could. And when I say we, I'm talking about progressives in general, um, uh, mainstream progressives. Um, being called a socialist was a dirty word eight years totally, ago. Totally, yeah. Right. Uh, anything and everything you could do to explain why we're not socialists, even though we, we would go into a, a historical perspective, trying to explain that America has a history with socialism. We, we went through all of those right. those uh, hurdles just so that we could uh, soften the name of socialism. And then we ended up with a, a candidate like President Obama, who was more progressive than Hillary right. Clinton and not and did not. You know, we could argue about how he actually administrated. Um, You know, we can go over those details, but he was more progressive at the time than Hillary Clinton. And now we progressively got someone else. You know, I hate to use the same word twice, but we progressively, progressively got more. uh, We got Bernie Sanders, who's by far more progressive than any of them. Um, But we could not have done. We could not have had a Bernie Sanders eight years ago. Right. Totally. We we, we could not have had um, this this progressive movement. We didn't have it eight years ago. And now we are in a position. I have have to agree with you. Now, from that perspective, we can hold Bernie's um, Hillary Clinton accountable in a way that um, we are going to hold her accountable in a way that no one was ever willing to do uh, Barack Obama. Also, because the racism, I have to say, the Mm -hmm. racism against Barack Obama and the denial of it being racism mm-hmm. took up a lot of energy. Like yeah. I feel like I mean, not to, I'm not 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 that I have my finger on the pulse of the progressive movement, but I feel like a lot of my friends and I, who write or um, you know do various social media about politics, a lot of us were our time was kind of taken up defending him mm-hmm. against these totally right. ridiculously racist attacks, right. dog whistles, and that was the most frustrating thing is that 
Remember that guy, Joe Wilson, who I got my picture taken with in Cleveland? Oh, yeah. Who yeah. said, you lie in the middle of his speech? Yeah, like, yeah. That was, this is a symbolic thing, but it's, it speaks to something bigger, which is like, that was so clearly racist. But mm-hmm. if you're not someone who's sensitive to racism, you either will lie and say it's not racist and we're the ones always talking about racism, we're yeah. the racist, or you really don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of that kind of stuff to be done, the calling out racism when it wasn't overt, right? And, and let me, if I want to, if yeah. I could add to that, it's also a group of people who were um, on our side of the argument who were enable or incapable of um, defending him against racism as well as critiquing him for the things exactly. he wasn't doing. Exactly. They couldn't chew and, and, and mm-hmm. walk at the same, chew gum and walk at the same time. And that became extremely problematic. Um, um, and uh, all the way up to right now with the TPP. Totally. The, the thing about the dissonance, the cognitive yeah. dissonance of the Democratic Party opposing the, the TPP while President Obama is the one championing it. Did you see, um, and that's very true, and I think I remember being so inspired at one of the Netroots Nation things where Keith Ellison said, when we can walk with the president, we need to walk with the president. And when we can't, we need to walk ahead of him. Mm. It was such a great line. It was, it was That's like, I awesome. thought it was, yeah, it was like really moving. But what were we just saying? Sorry, I took, <laughs> our, we're both, I feel like we have like progressive lefty ADD. Yeah, like no, we are, no, we are, we are, yeah, exactly. We're, fire, we're, yeah. we're, we're hitting all of it, yeah. all the ends. But we're actually talking about like what's next. Oh, what's and, next, right. And, 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 and how, and how you oh, yeah. can vote for Hillary. Yeah. Like you well, have some of the best critiques I think that, well, that's, and that's why when my my friends or former friends crap on me and tell me that I'm doing, you know, oh, I guess you just want Trump to be elected. I'm like, you're shills for Hillary. You have no cred. You should be so happy that someone like me, and I'm not patting myself on the back. This applies to anyone who shares our politics. Like mm-hmm. anyone who has serious critiques and is willing to say we have to defeat Trump, mm-hmm. like we're the ones helping. Right. It's, this is, again, going back to the self-interest stuff. When I was in, um, in, Uh, Cleveland, I saw, I was like, I've never liked Hillary Clinton more than I do right now. Seeing these pins that say like, Hillary Clinton KFC special, two small breasts, two big thighs, left wing. I'm like, oh, so this massage, and this is what really made me love, um, when I really, I was, I didn't love Obama that much. I hated his purple America stuff. It was so bipartisan. I get why, I totally get the like, I think there's a lot of racial politics behind that. And I think that like, any single thing he did was seen as a thousand times more radical. Yeah. And so I think he had to come to the center, and that's another issue. But what really made me fall for him was when they, the Jeremiah Wright attacks. And that, I was just like, you know what? First of all, the Cl- all these people, sorry, all these people who were Obama fans before and are now super Hillary fans mm-hmm. and hate Bernie Sanders and call him racist or sexist, misogynist, like, do you remember the race baiting and the Muslim mm-hmm. baiting that the Clintons did? What happened? They, they... <laughs> Very few people are willing to admit that they even supported Hillary Clinton above um, before they supported Barack Obama. Right. Today was the first day I heard a representative from Florida. Um, she's been, I forgot her name, but she's an older black woman. And she said today that she's proud that she was, uh, uh, she came as a delegate for Hillary Clinton in 2008. Right. And I'm like, this is one of the very few people who are honest and keeping it real right. to say that they sided with Hillary Clinton right. in 2008. But now they all act like they've always been in love with Barack but Obama. Then you have, I feel like a lot of black politicians, especially, who switched to Obama because, in large part, because of the Bill pressure. Clinton's yeah. Oh, yeah. quotes about yeah, uh, playing too. the race card. Well, first he said this stuff about Jesse Jackson, which the irony is I don't even know if he was, he was, pro- no, Bill Clinton is is smart, so when, he's a genius, so whenever it sounds like he's dog whistling, he is. Yeah. Just oh, like yeah. when he talked in this election about the, 
the awful legacy of the past eight years. Yeah, that was about exactly, Obama. Come on, exactly yeah. What the hell he was saying. So when he compared Jesse Jackson to Obama, that pissed people off. What does he do? Again, this is the exact thing we're talking about: the lack of of like self interest, uh, control. Mm-hmm. Like when he got on the plane with with Loretta Lynch. Oh, yes. oh my god. Yes. Like what are you doing? Yes. I should run your p. Like I again. I always I want to offer webinar like how to be a better shill for Hillary or whatever. But. Um, exactly. Right? Like, I could really run. It, you and I could run. We should offer services. We should pay Hillary people. Pay us. We'll get you the best campaign. Right, because you you're not even doing shilling right. You're not, yeah, exactly. You're not, Be a better shill. But, but that makes me believe that they're not interested in just winning. I think, to a certain extent, they're interested in crushing the progressive movement. Because that's right. the only way to explain the right. post- post-primary behavior of all of the after surrogates. After he endorsed After, after he endorsed he's already her. endorsed What do you want from him? What, I mean, exactly. Do you want, What do you want from his, his supporters? But the know? beauty of it is, I have to say, and this is why I have to remind myself that I wanted to defeat Trump as opposed to letting things go crazy, is that, like, he's... Tr- they're... They have to deal with this now because yeah. they, they continue. Own like, how many times... If they had listened to progressives, and again, this is not a, 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 a pride thing, but it's like... The it, Democratic Party. It was pl- for me. I'll, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, there's some of it, but honestly, yeah. I step back and I'm like, yeah, there, there's a lot of like emotional stuff, but I honestly think that, and I'm trying to be disciplined because my emotions want to like just watch the, the DNC blow up. <laughs> that is my emotional truth. But I, I know intellectually and, and my, that my sense of justice does tell me we have to defeat Trump and that we'll be able to get more, gain more things under Hillary. But we got to like, we can't enable her the way no, that we did no, with Obama, right? I, I, no, not a single day. And so it's like, you want to crush progressives and you want to crush the left so hard that you're actually jeopardizing your campaign and your victory. Because, again, like, how do you say that you don't care about courting these people's votes? You're the brats. You're the petulant brats. You're the egomaniacs that you accuse Bernie Sanders of being. Yeah, and all of his supporters. Though they, that is exactly right. how they have been behaving. When That's exa- and to Because I, I honestly think they want to crush the progressive movement. Right. Otherwise, otherwise... They're, they're creating they're, a monster, though. I mean, they think it's a monster. I like them, but... they Either they want to crush the progressive movement, or they're dumb as bleep. You right. put a bleep there. Right. They're, because... Dumb AF. Yeah, dumb AF, because you cannot genuinely expect the way that you have treated progressives post-primary to be inviting and to court their vote exactly and that's you make a really important distinction because it was on one level where i was like you guys need to stop during the primaries right Mm -hmm. then the guy comes out and endorses her takes it on the chin from his own supporters yeah takes it totally and you're still calling him out about this stuff like and then this is my favorite thing cornell west i had Mm -hmm. a big thing with eric bowler about this super hella woke guy from uh, Media Matters, whatever. <laughs> he tweeted, days after the he had uh, Bernie had endorsed her, Cornell West endorsed Jill Stein. Mm-hmm. Eric Bollert was like, wow, so glad Bernie Sanders named this guy to the Democratic Platform Committee. I'm like, wait, do you want to bring this up? Again, so out of touch. I'm like, you realize that you guys fought tooth and nail against every single good thing that yeah. Sanders appointees did. Yeah. And you really want to bring that up? That's fine, because we will we'll we can, dominate that. Yeah, we can talk about that. And you look like the <laughs> sellouts who made this party to the right of Donald Trump yeah. on TBP. Yeah, like please Absolutely. bring it. Like let's talk about this. The minimum right wage it. stuff. Did you see? This is priceless. Benjamin Jealous. This was like just a comedic ray because it's so tragic. But when he was trying to get his amendment through, that would have really strongly um, opposed the TPP. And mm-hmm. this, to me, was such an example of Ben Jealous literally imploring the Democrats, saying, 
we need to empower the Democrats to oppose TPP so we win in November. He was already using the female pronouns. He was not at all holding out. He was totally talking about Hillary Clinton being the, the next president. And he couldn't convince these Democrats to oppose it. Uh, but I want to leave it with a question and then yeah. you can get the and last word. And I still word. feel like we have to decide why we disagree on the Trump thing. Because I feel like we basically we, agree, but then... We agree, but I just can't put... I, I, I'm, I'm just... I will hold out forever. I can't... Right. I can't... But what I do you say when people say, and you will get this lesson, I get this, the privilege thing? That I'm privileged? Because, yeah. No, I'll say, yes, I am. I'm privileged enough to live in a swing state where I can vote my conscience and I don't have a to vote. A safe state. A safe state, right. yeah. I don't have to vote. I'm sure. sorry, thank you. A safe state. I don't have to vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, I can't. I don't think I, right. I, I don't I don't think I possibly could. Um, but if you were in a swing state, because I think this is really the interesting question. Um, if I if I if I was in a in a swing state, um, I would move to a red state. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to I just I can't bring myself to I listen, it's a um, but you and I seem to agree that we'll be able to, again, if we look at the Obama example, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, they really wasted their socialism smear on him. I would always say, like, if only he were, oh, don't get my hopes oh, up, no, right? thank you, thank you, But though. he thank helped them. popularize yeah, that term, right? And then they, so when Bernie got in, who actually is a socialist on some levels, or mm -hmm. a democratic enough, socialist, yeah, enough, yeah. right? It kind of lost its, its, it's, its, its stigma, right? right? So you used that, you showed, and you made a very, we agreed on this, that like we are in a place where Bernie could could be a viable candidate in a way that we weren't yeah, uh, eight, uh, years, with eight ago, years ago. Right? Absolutely, yeah. So that I think makes the case that like, again, maybe Clinton isn't that progressive, but I still think we can get more done under Clinton than we can under Trump. Okay. Um, so here, here's the last question I'm mm -hmm. gonna leave all for, um, for yeah. Hillary Clinton supporters. Yeah who may listen to this. Um, my question is, because we, we seem to be going over this uh, right. a couple of times in this conversation, um, which is it? Why are you such sore winners? Right. Why are you alienating the handful of supporters you right. can get to come? You're sabotaging your own victory. Right. Are do you think you, they think that this, the numbers don't matter? Like, this is another question I have. Do they, they really matter? think that they're, and I don't know the answer to this, it's like it, either the Bernie or bus people are so small that they shouldn't be wasting their time talking smack about them, mm -hmm. or they're big enough to, to worry them, in which case they need to be courting them. I don't right. know. What I, and that's, well, I, I think I think the numbers are growing with the DNC leaks at a minimum. The question that I want to ask them is, um, is it hubris or is it ignorance? Right. You know, because either way it goes, you're undermining your own best interests. Right. I yeah. think it may be emotional too. Like they're so invested in something, uh, and they don't. They you're can't so nice, see reason. But that's that's possible. That's very Maybe, possible. Maybe, but uh, yeah. But so... you you have to yeah. You, it's it's. I think that's the answer. Yeah. I think for some of them, they're just so emotionally attached yeah. to Hillary Clinton yeah. that they can't find they can't find any way of critiquing a single thing that she right. does. Right. It's the enabling thing. It's they're the bunker enabling. mentality yeah. that they don't even realize they shouldn't have because Bernie's the one who was attacked. Yeah. People yeah. don't realize like. You can be right wing and sexist against Hillary. That's true. That happened. But people hate Sanders more. Yeah. It's not yeah. that hard or deep. <laughs> it's anyway, not. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so folks. much. That was Benjamin Dixon, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show. And now is a part of my interview, actually an interview that Jimmy Dore did of me for his show, The Jimmy Dore Show, which you have to check out on YouTube. And soon I'm going to drop the, the interview I did of Jimmy. And that'll be yet another podcast you can look forward to hearing. Hi, I'm here with Katie Halper. She's uh, my favorite new lefty journalist, and she has a great piece. Hi, Katie. Hi, Jimmy. All right. And you're, she's all the way in New York. I'm all the way in Los Angeles. That's I don't know how this works. Something to do with E equals MC squared and satellite position. I don't know how it works, but 
Uh, here's your article. I'm going to show people that you did, did a nice article in Paste Magazine. There it is. It says, Hillary's mean media is alive and well. Degradation is a strange-looking olive branch. Now, mm. I've noticed, along with you, Katie, that... Uh, the Clinton faction doesn't really know how to reach out to liberals or the left or anybody on the left to get a vote. They know how to reach out to the right. But you wrote this about not only that, but they can't help but punch. Uh, what It's an old saying is that punch a hippie, meaning like uh, how the Republicans fear their base, but the Democrats have disdain for their base and they mock them, meaning they punch a hippie, make fun of somebody on the left. And you feel like even after Hillary Clinton won the nomination, instead of acting like good winners, people in the media did what? Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, I have, and you know, I like you, Jimmy, and I'm a, you're my, you're, uh, what did you call me? Lefty journalist. So you're one of my favorite lefty comedians and um, truth tellers. But the show that I have on WBAI, which is just the Katie Halper show, it kind of turned into, unintentionally, it kind of turned into a, a radio show that was all about media bias. And that kind of wasn't my intention, but I had no other choice because I do think that this election has been as much about the media as it has been about actual politics in a way that I kind of always knew intellectually, but I, I, I think it's so much clearer now and it's, I, I'm aware of it on a really visceral level and in, in a way that I wasn't before. So I was kind of shocked by how mean-spirited the media was towards Bernie Sanders throughout the whole campaign. I mean, every smear was about his being grumpy, his being mean, his being misogynist, his being racist, his being sexist, his being not being gracious. Then he endorses her, and these guys still are writing about him and saying he's mean, he's not nice. He's like, what do you want from him? First of all, I think half of the people who write about him have a crush on him because I don't know why they keep writing about him. He had already endorsed her. He had already, you know, stepped out of the race. And then you, even people, he wrote another op-ed, right? So he endorsed her, then he spoke for her at the convention, then he wrote an op-ed. And people were like, yeah, I liked it, but, you know, it didn't feel emotional enough for me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something about it felt like it was written almost by, like, a, uh, you know, by a 70-something-year-old Jewish socialist from Brooklyn, you know? Where was that, that Maya Angelou voice that I, that I really wanted? Like, what, what are they expecting? This is Bernie Sanders. This is, this is who he is. Like a Hallmark card? I don't think that would have moved his base either, by the way. So so you had some pretty specific examples. Not only of uh, so I mean, we've made the point on this show before that the uh, uh, the media it was the left wing media that kind of kneecapped Bernie Sanders. We all expected uh, regular mainstream media and right wing media, of course, to try to marginalize him. Uh, but we didn't I didn't expect the left wing to do that. And uh, Mort Saul, in fact, said to one of the writers for the show last year that it will be the left wing that kneecaps Bernie Sanders. It won't be the right wing or the mainstream media. And that's certainly what happened. Um, you saw all the BS. Well, now that we know through the DNC leaks, all the BS that was concocted, right? And so then the left wing media just repeated that stuff. And when I say left wing media, I mean MSNBC. So it was just I the it, liberal media. I don't even think they're left wing, honestly. I mean, I get that they're to the left and not to the to the right, but they're so there's fair establishment. I mean, become, they're establishment. Yeah, they are the I mean, every I really think they're just neoliberal. That's what it is. I think more and more it's becoming clear that lots of the places that we call the left or even liberal are neoliberal. Right. They're not even progressive. They're kind of status quo liberals. They're like 
They support the establishment, the media, the corporate media, and the political establishment. The difference is that they have and are uh, gay, um, of color, women, and that's great. You know, I don't like to hang out with all white men who are straight either. You know, uh, that doesn't make you progressive though, or woke, as as people say. It, I mean, it does in the in the way we use it, which is ironically right. But you know, it doesn't make you. I'm glad that people have a diverse group of friends. I'd like it if they didn't also support bombing a diverse group of people. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a great uh, that's really well put. I might have to put that in my act. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'll share it with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was very disheartening for me to see that as soon as a real liberal showed up, a real progressive, Bernie Sanders, who didn't take corporate money and was on the right side of every issue for the last 30 years, it was interesting to see as soon as that guy showed up, they, again, the left-wing media. And let's just be saying, when I say left-wing media, I, I, exactly what you say, the supposed left-wing media, MSNBC, if you do anything that's truly lefty, they fire you. Right. So if Rachel Maddow, if right now Rachel Maddow came out and had Phil Donahue on his show, on her show, they'd fire her. If she talked a little bit too loudly against the TPP on her show, which is what Ed Schultz did, they would fire her. Right. So the fact that those people aren't are still working there and they aren't fired and they work for Comcast, which is a big pusher of the TPP. We know this. They are backing it so much. That they fired Ed Schultz. They don't want him any. They don't need to hear that anymore, right? So that's the difference between left-wing and right-wing media, right? So they would never fire a right-wing guy. Uh, They only uh, fire a left-wing guy for being too lefty. They'll never fire a right-wing guy for being too righty, right? And so— saying about fearing it's your base, right? Like the left is, in so many ways, it's afraid of its own shadow in a way that the right isn't at all. Yes, no, no no doubt about it. So that's what. So when people say, "Oh, it's MSNBC," they're left, and Fox News is right. Fox News isn't news. It's not news. It's propaganda. It's been scientifically proven. The more you watch Fox News, the less informed you are. So that's not a news station. They're doing something else. But people keep calling it news. It's not. And so they go, "Oh, the Fox is right wing, and MSNBC is left wing." No, MSNBC is not left wing. They're, they're giving you cor- everything that they're saying on that is corporate approved. It's being approved by the right. corporate by the, one of the biggest corporations in the world. Right. So it's not left. And the fact that they can pretend they are, it's not it's not. And I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm saying they're just not left. So let's get back to your article, Katie. Uh, sure. You had some specific ex- examples, uh, for instance, um, uh, you were you 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 referenced uh, Slate magazine. And so there was a specific piece by Jeremy Stahl, who's an editor for Slate. Am I wrong about that? No, yeah, he's a a political editor. And I I couldn't believe it. So I'm showing that picture. I'm showing the picture on the cover of his article. It says horrified Bernie Sanders supporters during his uh, convention speech. There's a picture of a guy sitting all alone with his hand like on his face and he's got a sad look on his face. And the caption is, just please take me home now. I want to go home. So this is after Bernie had already endorsed her. Why would you do that? That's my question to you, Katie. Why would right. someone who you're you won, your candidate won the true progress? By the way, it's just weird to see people who consider themselves liberals or lefties shitting on an actual liberal like that's the new blood sport for people who consider themselves lefty is to shit on someone a little farther left than them. That's the weirdest thing I've right. never seen. That's just weird uh, to do that. It's and, funny. Good. 
Yeah, no, people are really becoming exposed. Like this election has exposed a lot of people, right? So, like, like Jeremy Stahl, uh, like Jeremy Stahl, right? And and one sign, this is kind of a new level. This is a new level of kind of um, rudeness and and kind of embar- embarrassingly mean spirited behavior. But before that, we had another interesting kind of reveal, which was when the Democratic Platform Committee meetings were happening, and you had so-called progressives actually trying to shame Bernie Sanders for staying in the race and not yes. dropping out, as he was demonstrably and indisputably moving the platform to the left, making yes. it more progressive, right? So not only is it is it weird, I'm no longer surprised that progressives who call themselves progressives don't actually want a progressive platform or don't actually want a, a progressive movement. I'm surprised that they don't have the kind of awareness to realize that they shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like a level of, of oblivion, of obliviousness. Um, I, I think it comes from being really entitled and insulated. And I think that's similar to what we see here, which, again, I expect these people to be mean spirited. They already were mean spirited. I, I guess they, I, they could pretend that they were doing it before to kind of get people into line. I think it would backfire anyway. But, but then the guy endorses Hillary Clinton very enthusiastically. And now what you're just actually sadistic. You're like, you're a bully. You're a mean bully. You're, you're a schoolyard bully. Yeah, you're just shitting on people who have a different political opinion than yours, actually a more liberal position than yours. And right. they're sad that they, their candidate didn't win. Their candidate endorsed your candidate and you still feel a need to take a dump on them. By the way, their candidate doesn't take any corporate money, never voted for a war. It's like- so. Well, I think why they, I think a reason that they shit on them so with with so much gusto, if you will, um, is because they are resentful of us, of people who support Sanders, because I think that they feel like we're kind of calling them out. We are. Um, even if we say anything about them, just the fact that they, they can't pretend that this guy's a total lunatic because there are people who are coherent people and have, have sane ideas that decide and have decided that Sanders was the way better candidate. Forget <laughs> Way more progressive, but also, I think, more electable. Way more. Um, way I, more. He had, had a way easier time with the general than he did with the primary, Sanders. But I think that people are shitting on supporters because they don't want them to kind of expose them for being the centrist neoliberals that they are. And what's weird is that a lot of people, a lot of the other articles I cite in my piece were really mean towards people who were already, who hadn't already become Hillary supporters, people who were saying that they were Bernie bus, maybe Stein supporters, or just kind of like on the fence. But what, what's weird about this is, is Stahl didn't even wait for these people to declare where they were politically. These were literally photos of people reacting to his speech. For all he knew, for so all he I'm gonna knew- I'm going to show some of those photos. A- Let me show some of sure, those. So, yeah. that, so there's, the, sure. there's the first photo uh, of this guy being just, he, you know, he's- He's he's at the DNC. He's at the convention. He's sitting there and he's he's reacting to Bernie's speech. And wow, wouldn't it? It's sad. Wow, wouldn't it be beautiful if the, we could embrace these kind of ideals? So here's some of the pictures that. So you made you made a so so then this in this article for Slate they start putting pictures of people who are who are having emotional reactions to Bernie's speech and they show a right. lot of the same people. You said nine pictures and he used a lot of the so, same pictures yeah. twice. This is the same. I'm showing a picture of the same woman crying. So he's got two pictures of the same woman here. He has multiple he's pictures of. Go ahead. The same woman. He has two of the same guy. So first of all, this guy is so lazy he can't even curate other people's pictures. <laughs> like he finds three people of cover. He, he, he may, again, with the crush, maybe he has a crush on two of these people and that's why he keeps repeating their photos. But 
But what's interesting is of all, there have been so many slideshows of this, right? Not all of them were this mean-spirited, but there were countless photos. And you know what I, I noticed while I was watching? I was like, oh, this guy clearly went out of his way to not include any of the people of color who are upset. Because white people aren't the only people who supported Sanders as much as the media wanted us to think that. And not, nor are white people the only people to show emotion in their faces. So it's not like this guy captured a representative sample. He went out of his way. To give, a skewed, to give a skewed view of a Bernie Sanders supporters and then for no reason just to be mean to them and to be and to ridicule them. Why would you ridicule that? Why would you ridicule people who are supporting the progressive candidate who just endorsed your candidate? Why, what is, so well, that's we, called being right, a shitty winner. You're a shitty fucking winner, yeah, which for, means you're not right, a good well, person, which means you don't have right. real integrity, nor do you know how you come off to other people. You're everything that is wrong with what you're you, oh, you have all the traits that don't go well with being a good reporter. Right. And it's also, to me, not to sound corny, but politics really are about people. Right? The only reason I care about politics is because I care about people. And, you know, I want as less people suffering as possible. And, you know, there's a lack of empathy. This guy is showing a lack of empathy. I feel like he could be a sociopath or something or a psychopath. This would be a good Jeremy test. Jeremy Stahl, the guy who did that. this story. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. What are, again, what what else is motivating you to now? Right. This is what makes you. I really do think that someone like Bernie Sanders and the people who support him, for the most part, are more empathetic towards the suffering of others. And of that's course. what I want in politics. That's what I want in friends in general. Like, that's what makes people good people. And this kind of weird disconnect where, I mean, again, what's weird about this article in particular, as opposed to the other ones, the other ones really shit on, on Bernie or Busters, which I think is a problem in itself. But this is particularly kind of bad strategy because for all this guy knows all the the people in this article for all he knows could be people who had found jobs working at the hillary clinton campaign for the next day for all he knows you know what i mean for these all he knows. people who were saying, i'm not getting on board with her these were people who god forbid they they were literally reacting in real time to the person who they were supporting announcing and officially stepping down where's the what's embarrassing about that like i think another thing is he's embarrassed because no one would have cried over that happening with hillary clinton i think you are That's correct i think you really put your finger on something there katie it's like oh people have emotional reactions like people had emotional reactions to robert kennedy and people had emotional right. reactions. So it's that kind of a thing that scares them. Like, nobody's going to have that reaction to Hillary Clinton. So we have to now right. shit on that reaction and denigrate it and make it seem silly or childish and, 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 and right. not really a mature reaction to things. Because the, if you look at the captions he was putting in when that one woman was crying, his caption was, hey, look, nobody died. Yeah, that's the other thing. Hey, Jeremy uh, uh, Stahl, Mr. Stahl. Jeremy, what a weirdo! Oh, I don't like politics, but I could make some. I could always use some more money. You should hire me to write your mean-spirited, funny stuff because I'm a thousand times funnier than you. No, don't hire me. Hire a five-year-old, and he'll be funnier than you. Can we just look <laughs> at some of these captions? They're so not funny. Okay, one of them goes, uh, "Just please take me home now. I want to go home." Another one, "Poor souls." Another one, "I mean, nobody died." And then this one's real great. It's with uh, brackets. Insert Celine Dion lyrics here. Yes. Uh, so not only is he mean-spirited, but he's not even, like, one of these people who's funny and you feel bad when you're laughing. He's just not funny at all. Right, right, um, right. Which goes back to another theory I have is that comedians are more – you know, funny comedians are more empathetic than – that's why a lot of people on the left are funnier than on the right. Yeah, again, it's it just weird. It's, you know, punching – speaking about punch – it's this term punching left, right? So there's punching up and punching down in comedy. Punching up is what George Carlin does, what you do, right, which is when you – you you ridicule the people above in, with power, in, in the people right. Power, right? 
that makes for better comedy. It makes for way more ethical, interesting comedy, but it's just funnier. Um, and what we see now a lot is these liberals distinguishing themselves from the true left or the true progressives, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're really trying to, uh, you just put your finger on it, which is that this whole narrative about the savior complex, right? They were trying to marginalize Sanders supporters and trying to make us look like lunatics or fringe because they knew that his support was really, there was a lot of enthusiasm, right? And there was an enthusiasm gap between him and Hillary. And so the, the way that they tried to deal with that was by making us look crazy. Yes. Instead of acknowledging the fact that this guy is someone who's really speaking to people. And what's most dangerous about him is that he was speaking to people from various political walks of life. This wasn't just about political party, um, political identification or affiliation. This was someone who was tapping into something that everyone was feeling and was able to reach people who otherwise wouldn't have cared about politics, which is exactly why the Democrats should have embraced him, the Democratic Party. But yeah, this was just mean-spirited. And again, no one's, I hope people aren't buying this idea that it's all white people. That's one of the most ironically racist things that has happened during this campaign is the total invisibilization and marginalization of people of color who support Sanders, who are there, who the media actively chooses to ignore. Yeah, I mean, I mean um, Katie, for, I mean, for instance, the person that Bernie wanted to have introduce him at the convention was Nina Turner, a black state senator f from Ohio. So right. and then so we don't get to see. So, again, it's just white, rich, white people. That's that whole thing. And it's, it's, it's white privilege to not vote for Hillary right. Clinton. It's white. Pri right. So if you're not supporting the corporatist warmonger, it's because you're white and privileged. Wait a minute. All the white privileged people I know are supporting Hillary Clinton. What are you fucking talking right. about? The people I met on the streets of Philadelphia, much like the people you met, were poor people, people who have modest means, or they were e either that, and they were Asian, they were Mexican, they were black. I talked to Tim Black. I talked to uh, Core Element. Those are just two guys on stage uh, with me at, at a protest in Philly. Uh, so this idea that somehow it's white privilege. No, it's people. If you have money, you don't you want to vote for Hillary Clinton. It's the people who actually are struggling, who feel the effects of neoliberalism, who are rejecting Hillary Clinton. So it's the exact. Of right. course, it's the exact opposite of what the establishment and the pretend left wing media is pushing right now, that it's somehow your white privilege. It's only Bernie, bro, as if there aren't women supporting Bernie Sanders, just the craziest thing. And of course, they well, get away. They get away with it because they have a bigger megaphone. Go ahead. What's that? No, the, the women who support Sanders, that's because we want to be where the boys are, right? That's the narrative. So, yes. Or look at what Boxer said. Uh, young people like him because they remind he reminds them of his grandfather. Can you imagine if someone had said that about Hillary Clinton? Or or, or Barbara Boxer. Well, yeah, I know. I was like, okay, Bar K Babs, thanks. You know, it's, it's incredible the difference that hair dye makes. I actually was walking down the hall at the DNC. She was next. She was almost shoulder to shoulder with me. And, uh, well, I'm the, shoulder to hip, let's be honest. How tall are you? Yeah. And how tall is she? I'm not being, I'm not being shortest. It's just a cute image to imagine. Uh, yeah, I'm not the tallest guy in the world either. So I, I have sympathy for height challenge people. Um, You're not height challenge. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm five. I'm, I'm five eight. She was like, I'm five eight. I'm, five eight of, from, I'm you know, on my tiptoes. <laughs> 
So anyway, that? Uh, say, yeah, when she flipped, convention. she said she was afraid for her life. And then the course pictures came out. She's flipping the people off as she gets off stage. Yeah. Barbara Boxer. Of course. So of course, of course, they're all full of shit. A real. F- so when a real liberal comes along, they just shit all over them. And that's why and you can't. Like, it, it, it just that, right? it, it was. And so this and this is a perfect. I want to tell everybody to go read your article because I don't I don't feel like we're doing it justice here. It is so good. In fact, Glenn Greenwald even noticed your article and he had some interesting things to say about it let me just um let me see if i oh yeah here it is this was i i could have i had to cut myself off at this number of examples because there's so many this was just like a sampling i could do this every day um so we could blog every day until november just maybe i should do that you're so let me let me show what glenn had to say about it so you, you say, here's your tweet. You say, uh, the left, we're not treated like second-class citizens by any means, but seen as feral, strident, socially inept ideologues regardless, which is a perfectly yes. And Glenn Greenwald, who read your article, responded to you, said, it's because there has been no viable, threatening left-wing alternative to Democrats for a long time until this year. Yeah, before it was Ralph Nader. That was it. Right. That's all we had, and that was right. 16 years ago, and they're still shitting on him. Yes, and it scares right. and the shit out of them. And misrepresenting how that happened also. That's say, another issue. Say it again? Well, they're misrepresenting what happened in, yeah. in um, 2000, right, with the election, with the number of Republicans who, who voted, the number of Democrats who voted for Bush. Right. Um, they're, they like to frame it about Nader as a spoiler as opposed to lots of other issues. No. Or how about Gore not fighting the, the recount, right? First of all, Al Gore won the election. <laughs> So now how you can blame that somehow on Ralph Nader is beyond me because Al Gore actually won the election. We all know that now. So, again, how that's somehow Ralph Nader's fault. And by the way, this is the first election, and I've mentioned this in other videos. Katie, can you remember another election or can you remember reading about another election where people, the establishment, blame the voters for being wrong and not the candidate for not attracting enough voters? This is the even people go, well, Al Gore and Ralph Nader. No, people got mad at Nader. Nobody got mad at the voters. Nobody blames the voters for Nixon. Nobody said you should have voted for McGovern. That's a really important point. That's a really important point. Yeah. Well, the the thing is that what I had this kind of coming out thing on Twitter. I mean, it's not to sound precious, but I I went on this Twitter rant. Sometimes I'll go on these Twitter rants where I number them, and it's kind of embarrassing in retrospect. But basically, what I was doing, and this was what um, Glenn Greenwald was responding to, was I was kind of I've I, I was raised by very left very left family, and you know, during, during Bush and, and during Obama, I, I knew that I was far to the left of a lot of my friends. And we don't even have to call it left versus liberal. We can call it like um, establishment versus not establishment or, or neoliberal versus progressive, whatever. But there has been this punching left. And I used to kind of dismiss it like, okay, when the revolution comes, we're going to have to choose sides. But until the revolution comes, I'm fine with working to people with the people who are a little bit to my right. There's so much that we can agree on in terms of fighting and opposing. But this election really kind of exposed the differences between us. And and one of them is that I kind of always thought in the back of my mind that even people who aren't as to the left as I am, I kind of thought that if a real viable progressive had come around, we'd all kind of rally around him, right? And I and I thought that, you know, the reason that we hadn't supported a really uh, someone way to the left of, of, of the Democrats was because there was no one around who could fill that role. Like, I, Nader was not a galvanizing figure. Um, he wasn't... A, a, a very uniting, charismatic figure, right? So, but then what happens is you have Bernie Sanders, who is very viable, doing really well, um, 
and people still didn't support him. And it really kind of put into stark relief the difference between people who kind of talk the talk and actually want to see the world change. Like a lot of liberals that are, again, they're just status quo, but they want better optics. I, I could they, you know. yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more this really has outed people like Jeremy Stahl yeah. at Slate it's out you know what it's done it's outed like even talking points memo uh, you know uh, at, it, it's just weird to see these people who you thought couldn't be more lefty they're not they're actually corporate Democrats now talking point right. memo is spending their time shitting on Jill Stein the same slanders that they used against Bernie Sanders they're exactly. now using against Jill Stein and how you could try to slander Jill Stein while supporting the most corrupt Democratic nominee in the history of our country is beyond me Jill Stein never voted well, for a war right you can have this is the thing like I don't first of all the, the anti-vax smear was so coordinated. I mean, I don't get why people don't at least stagger it. Like, if I were working for this for this media team that's clearly, like, getting talking points from the Clinton team and, and um, you know, David Brock, I would be like, okay, I'm going to write this hit piece. Why don't you wait till Tuesday and, and have it slightly different? But, no, they all come at the same time. It's so obvious. They got the same memo. Um, and the other thing that I love, so they're talking about Jill Stein being an anti vaxxer She hasn't said anything more vaccine doubting than than Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. Correct. And yeah, there's a really great article on Shatterproof that uh, you, I'll, I'll email you, Jimmy, and you can tweet it out um, that goes through this. But they're doing the exact same thing to Stein that they did to Sanders. And I think what they don't think anyone's going to notice, like John Aravosis the other day was tweeting about how bad Baraka, um, Stein's running mate Baraka is and how mean he was on, to, about Bernie Sanders. I'm like, wait, you shat on Bernie Sanders professionally for months. Like, I'm very touched that you care now about Bernie Sanders' feelings, but this is so disingenuous. And this is the other question that I, I genuinely have. These people who are shitting on Stein and shitting on Sanders' supporters, do they actually think that they're a threat at all, or is this just sadistic? Is it just fun? Words, right. Are you just, so you don't think Jill Stein is a threat, but you just want to shit on her for kicks? Right. Which here's what I think is so amazing about this. And I want to write another article that focuses more on this aspect of it. It was kind of like a part two of this one, which is that the entire framing of this election by Hillary supporters is that, uh, well, Hillary's great. That's one of their arguments. But their other one really is that Donald Trump is an unprecedented fascist or neo-fascist, right? Now, if I was try trying to save the world from fascism, you know what I wouldn't waste my think pieces on? Pieces about people who are not a threat to the election. Right. Like that's just some self-indulgent, which is what they always call Sanders and Sanders supporters, right? That's the self-indulgent thing to do. Don't you have a war to win? Don't you have civilization to save? <laughs> Don't you need to like write about how horrible Trump is and how great Hillary Clinton is? Why are you wasting your words on Jill Stein and Bernie Sanders, one of whom isn't running and one of whom is a totally marginal candidate? Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly right. Oh, I know why. Because they're propping up the weakest candidate in fucking history. Right. So they're just insecure about it. I just don't get it. It's weird. Yeah. And, well, and I, some people actually think that they're like, I, I put something about this on, on, on Facebook. I was like, okay, either, either Stein and, and Bernie or Busters, either they're a threat or they're statistically irrelevant, right? Let's say they're statistically irrelevant. Then you're just wasting your time and not only you're being mean spirited, but you're actually being irresponsible because if this election is about democracy versus fascism, you should be focusing on preventing the fascists from winning, right? Not just being self-indulgent and getting your rocks off, like uh, politically and ideologically or whatever. Um, now, if they are a threat, let's say that they really there is something at stake. 
why on earth do you think that shaming people and, and calling them stupid and selfish and self-indulgent, you think that's going to prevent them from, from embracing the politics that they're now embracing or considering embracing? Like, if you tell me I'm an idiot for considering uh, voting for Jill Stein or considering being Bernie or Bust, you know what that'll make me do with like that much more enthusiasm? Vote for Jill Stein or be Bernie or Bust. That's what did it for me. <laughs> My whole point is, is that People go, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Hillary Clinton and then hold her feet to the fire. Well, if you could be a worse negotiator, I'd like to see it, because that's the same negotiation people were upset with Barack Obama about for the last seven years. Right. You don't negotiate like what? that. You have no leverage after she's president. Why don't you hold her feet to the fire before you vote for her? Why don't you hold her feet to right. the fire now? And so she comes to your position right. and now you have something to hold her feet over. Right. That's like if I were if I were uh, a hostage, if I had taken hostages, right, this is this is the equivalent of what people are doing. Right. They're like, all right, I have some hostages that I have with me and I have my a gun to their head. Um, I really want a thousand dollars in an airplane. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to release the hostages. OK, but once they're in safety and you have me surrounded, make sure I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You better give me that airplane and a million dollars. That's exactly it's a great analogy. Again, I will probably steal that. Um, do it. It's way more fun than I do because I just. <laughs> but that would be really funny. A funny a, a video series that like pl that plays out exactly what this looks like in hostage negotiation. Uh, I agree. Mm -hmm.